Chapter 6, Cards, of Etiquette Made Easy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Etiquette Made Easy, by Edward Squire. Cards. Visiting cards are of three sizes, which remain practically the same year after year. The largest is that used by matrons while that of the unmarried woman is a very little smaller, and that of the man much smaller. The present style as to materials favors a polished bristled board that is white and substantial without being too heavy. This should be printed from an engraved plate in black ink. The lettering may be a running script or Old English. Under no circumstances should a woman's card carry any prefix other than Mrs. or Miss but one or the other of these invariably appears. This rule does not apply in the case of professional women who may wish a distinctive card for business purposes with this prefix of doctor or rev. Such a card would also carry the address in the lower right-hand corner and perhaps office hours in the lower left-hand corner. But even the professional woman requires the plainer form of card for social purposes. There is a tendency at present to give the name in full on the card. For example, Mrs. John James Smith or Miss Maud MacArthur. It is permissible for the senior matron of a family to use only the family name on her card with the prefix. For example, Mrs. Fuller. It is more common, however, to omit the Christian name of an eldest daughter who is unmarried. Miss Fuller. The other daughters require the Christian name on their cards, Miss Mary Fuller, Miss Gladys Fuller. The tendency in this country is strongly against the omission of the name in either of the above cases. Although it is perfectly correct as a social usage, it is opposed to the spirit of our institutions. There is some variation in the use of the name on the card in the case of a widow. It is within the woman's choice whether she will continue to use the Christian name of her husband on the card or will put her own in place of it. In other words, she may use the same cards after the death of her husband, as before if she prefers, or she may follow the misses with her own Christian name. A common form today gives the woman's Christian name and the surname to which she was born, and finally the surname of her husband. A present vogue permits also the use of only the two surnames, without the Christian name. Thus, Mary Brown marries James Robinson, the husband dies, and the widow changes her visiting cards, which have read, Mrs. James Robinson, so that they now read, Mrs. Mary Robinson. Then presently, she grows ambitious socially and has her cards changed to read, Mrs. Mary Brown Robinson. Soon, she seizes on a newer style and again changes her card in accordance with it to read, Mrs. Brown Robinson. It should be noted that the variations in cards practiced by widows are used also by divorced women, and when a divorcee resumes her maiden name, she properly uses with it the prefix Mrs., not Miss. As a matter of strict propriety, a girl during her first social season does not formally use an individual card. Her name appears below that of her mother in the same lettering. When making calls unaccompanied by her mother, the latter's name is crossed out with a pencil mark. Where two daughters of nearly the same age are concerned, both are included on the mother's card by the words, the missus, followed by the family name. 
The above details are applied especially to a debutante in the first season. Afterward, a young woman uses her own individual card when calling alone, but this card should not carry on it the day at home. The at home statement appears on the mother's individual card. It is given also on the card combining the names of mother and daughter. The combination card may with correctness be frequently used in appropriate circumstances until the daughter's marriage. The notice of the day at home is placed in the lower left hand corner of the card. Only the day of the week is given, or with such qualifications as may be required if the at-home day is not of weekly recurrence. The hours should not be specified unless they are a distinct variation from the customary time, between 3 and 6. In addition, a time limit to the at-homes may be specified, thus Fridays until March. Of course, the beginning is set for any individual by reception of the card. A married woman finds frequent use for a card in combination with her husband, though this by no means takes the place of her individual cards, and, while it bears the address in the lower right-hand corner, does not usually give the at-home day. This card may properly be used for those formal occasions in which her husband is concerned. For example, it may fittingly accompany a gift from husband and wife. It serves also for announcing a marriage with the resident of the bridal couple. A man's visiting card always carries the prefix Mr. The single exception to this is when Junior follows the name. The name is commonly given in full, but it is permissible to use only the initial of the middle name. It is strictly proper for the male head of a family to use only the family name on his card, preceded by Mr. Thus. The head of the Smiths, could he be located, might use on his visiting card merely Mr. Smith instead of Mr. John Smith. The home address appears in the lower right-hand corner of the card, and a bachelor may add also the name of a club in the lower left-hand corner. The business address, of course, should never appear on the card used for social purposes. Likewise, a day at home should not be given by a bachelor even though he may entertain regularly. It is a safe rule to avoid titles on the visiting cards of men as of women. The only exceptions are in instances little likely to concern the average reader of this book. Such instances are afforded by the President of the United States, the Vice President, Ambassadors, the Higher Judiciary, Army and Navy Officers, Clergymen, and Physicians. The custom in the Army, however, forbids any prefix except plain Mr. to an officer below the rank of Captain. In the case of all officers, the nature of his command is properly stated in the lower corner of the card. Lawyers and physicians should have only the home address on the card used for social purposes. Another card with the business address should be used for business purposes, but doctor is properly used by the physician in place of mister on his visiting cards. Likewise, a clergyman uses referend, or its abbreviation rev, on all his cards which are commonly identical for both social and professional uses. The letters indicative of degrees are not given after the name on the visiting card, though a single exception is sometimes made by clergymen who omit rev before their names and, in lieu of it, uses DD following the name. When it becomes necessary, for any reason, to write one's name on a visiting card, the prefix mister should be given, following the ordinary form of the engraved card. 
Care should be taken in the case of mourning cards to avoid a too ostentatious parade of grief by an unduly broad margin of black. Somewhat less than a half inch is permissible for a widow's card, and after the first year, it is well to have this width reduced. Often, other reductions in the size of the border are made at intervals of six months, as long as the period of mourning continues. The card of a widower must carry a border proportionately narrower as its size is smaller than a woman's card, but the decrease in width is made after the same manner. When a woman elects to remain in mourning permanently, the narrow black border may be retained throughout her lifetime. It is not customary to make variations in the mourning border for the commemoration of persons other than husband or wife. For these, a fitting width is about a twelfth part of an inch, which remains the same throughout the period of mourning. When a call is made on a day at home, the card or cards are commonly left in the hall on a tray placed for that purpose. A married woman calling on the at-home day of another married woman for the first time in the season leaves her own card and two of her husband's cards. But in later, calls on the at-home day she leaves her card and the two cards of her husband's only when the call acknowledges entertainment offered to them by the hostess. There has been considerable simplification in recent years as to the leaving of cards. They are no longer weirdly bent in sign of delivery in person, and a smaller number are used. Thus, though the hostess referred to above may have unmarried daughters receiving with her, cards for them need not be left. But the presence of a married daughter or a friend formally assisting in the reception of the guests requires the leaving of a card. A woman leaves no cards for the men of the family where she visits. It is the business of the wife to fulfill her husband's formal social duties by leaving his cards with theirs whenever entertainment should be acknowledged. Where two spinsters share a residence, a woman caller, the first time in the season, should leave two of her cards and also, if she is a married woman, two of her husband's. So too, a card should be left for a daughter or sister who is hostess of the house even though she may be unmarried. When an unmarried girl uses her individual card, she should follow the procedure indicated for the matron in the use of hers, or she may use the combination card of her mother and herself as already described above. A call on a mother and daughter who are out requires the leaving of two cards. The same procedure is necessary in the case of a hostess who has a friend staying with her. Likewise, a call made on a friend who is a guest in another's house demands the leaving of two cards. This rule applies in the case of a man as well as of a woman. It should be observed that two cards are deemed sufficient in most cases. Where, however, the hostess has a guest staying with her and also daughters of her own, three cards are to be left. A man wishing to call on a particular woman must be punctilious in leaving cards not only for the particular one in whom he is interested, but also for the mother or chaperone, and still a third for the host. But, if a call is made on a woman on her at-home day, no card need be left, unless the call is an acknowledgement of entertainment. In the latter case, a single card is left for the host. It is advisable, however, that in his first call, he should leave a card for convenience in the matter of address. It is permissible on certain occasions to leave visiting cards with a servant at the door or to send them through the mail or by a messenger instead of making the call in person. Sometimes a woman who is owing a call 
thus sends her card along with an invitation, asks for luncheon or dinner. The invitation is considered to justify the merely formal matter of the card. So too, a person receiving an invitation from a hostess who is a stranger must, if the invitation is declined, leave cards within two weeks after the date of the entertainment. An invalid may send cards through the post in acknowledgement of calls of inquiry, and a woman in mourning is able to fulfill her obligations in the same manner. Cards are formally left by all who receive invitations to a church wedding, and the requirement is the same for those to whom an announcement of the marriage is sent. Such cards are demanded of men and women both, to be left for the mother of the bride within a fortnight after the ceremony. Cards are left within a proper time after any form of entertainment to which the members of a club are invited, though there may be no other social acquaintances with the hostess. In calls of condolence or inquiry, cards are always left. They may be used also, as herein before stated, to announce a prolonged absence or a change of address. When cards are left in person, they are delivered to the servant at the door. One or two or three are to be left according to the circumstances. The caller should tell the servant the persons for whom the cards are designed. Good taste dictates that calls of inquiry concerning the condition of a sick person should be made in person. Cards should be left at the time of such calls, except in the case of intimates. The cards should not be mailed or sent by messengers. Acknowledgement of cards of condolence are made after a funeral by a large black-edged card of thanks, which should be sent within a month. Such cards are usually merely printed, not engraved. The wording should be of the simplest. Mrs. Jack Robinson returns thanks to, for her kind sympathy. The address of the one sending the card should appear at the bottom. The form is varied according to circumstances. Thus, Mrs. Montgomery James and family return thanks for your kind sympathy. Some persons prefer to leave their visiting cards with the mourning border on those to whom acknowledgement is due instead of sending the special card by mail. Personal calls, however, are not made by those in mourning within three months at least of the time of the funeral. If earlier acknowledgement is to be made, the visiting card with mourning border may be sent by mail within a few weeks. A word of thanks should be written on the card. For example, with grateful appreciation of your sympathy. The use of PPC cards has already been described in the chapter on calls. It should be added that they are convenient when one is leaving on short notice without time to pay in person all calls due. The PPC card involves no duty of acknowledgement on the part of its recipient. A woman temporarily stopping in any place sends cards containing her address to any acquaintances she may have there. Her ordinary visiting card serves the purpose, with the pencil line drawn through the engraved address and the temporary one written above it. But a man, in the same circumstances, makes his calls in person. The newborn infant embarks on its social career by means of the card. The birth of a child is made known to the mother's socialist by mailing the mother's card, which has tied to it, by a strip of white satin ribbon, a card only a quarter as large carrying the full name of the baby. In this case, the prefix Mr. or Miss is omitted, but the date of birth appears in the lower corner. The recipients of these cards are required to call with inquiry as to the health of the senders, and to leave their cards in return. Persons residing at a distance may post their cards of acknowledgement with a penciled phrase of congratulation. End of chapter 6